Hello, and welcome back to the QUB GP Society podcast series, entitled Common Conditions in General Practice. Thanks to all of you who have subscribed to our series. If you haven't already done so, why not hit the subscribe button now? If you've been enjoying our recent episodes, perhaps you might also leave us a review to help us further increase our reach among medical students. As always, if you would like to get in touch with the Society, or you have any ideas or suggestions for the podcast, don't be afraid to get in touch with us via social media or by email gp-soc at qub.ac.uk But now, on to today's episode. My name is Davog McCaffrey, and I am the president of the QUB GP Society. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast episode, which will be on urinary tract infections in adult patients. A urinary tract infection, commonly known as a UTI, refers to an infection of the urethra, bladder or kidneys. A bacterial infection of the bladder or a cystitis is the most common form of a UTI. UTIs are much more common in female patients because their urethra is much shorter and this makes it easier for bacteria to get into the bladder. Before we begin, it might be useful to consider some commonly used terminology. A lower UTI is generally considered to be an infection of the bladder or a cystitis, whereas an upper UTI often refers to when the infection has spread to the kidneys, causing a pyelitis or pyelonephritis. In an uncomplicated UTI, there is normal genital urinary anatomy and physiology, whereas in a complicated UTI, there may be an anatomical or physiological abnormality which predisposes the patient to a UTI. Recurrent UTIs are repeat infections with a new organism, whereas relapsing UTIs refers to repeat infections with the same organism. In terms of the pathophysiology of UTIs, the most common causative organism is Escherichia coli, or E. coli. Other causative organisms include Staphylococcus saprophyticus, Proteus mirabilis, or Enterococci. The major source of the aforementioned bacteria is often the faeces, which travels to the urethral opening from the anus. Other causes of UTIs include sexual activity, particularly with a new sexual partner, incontinence, or poor hygiene. Patients with an indwelling urinary catheter are at increased risk of catheter-associated infections, which tend to be more complicated and difficult to treat. They are beyond the scope of this podcast. In addition, there are some risk factors which may predispose an individual to an increased likelihood of developing a UTI. 
These include underlying renal tract abnormalities, immunosuppression, and diabetes. We will now focus on lower urinary tract infections. Patients with a lower UTI commonly present with dysuria, which refers to pain, burning, or stinging when they pass urine, increased frequency or urgency to urinate, foul-smelling urine. An elderly patient may also present with new-onset confusion. In terms of investigations, like any clinical assessment, this should begin with a thorough history and examination, paying particular attention to the bladder and kidneys. A urine dipstick can be easily carried out in a general practice setting, paying particular attention to nitrites and leukocytes. Nitrites may be present in the urine due to the breakdown of nitrates by the causative bacteria, and an increased number of leukocytes or white blood cells in the urine is often the result of infection or another cause of inflammation. If the urine dipstick is negative for both nitrites and leukocytes, a UTI is unlikely. If it is only positive for leukocytes, there is an intermediate chance of a UTI. But if the dipstick is nitrite positive, this means that a UTI is very likely. In higher risk patients, including in pregnant women, or in men, or in patients who have failed to respond to an initial therapy, a midstream urine, or MSU sample, should be sent to the laboratory to be cultured and for sensitivity testing. As always, it is vitally important to pick up on any red flag symptoms, particularly the presence of blood in the urine, or hematuria. As a general practitioner, it is then important to make the appropriate onward referral. We will now consider the management of a urinary tract infection. All patients with a UTI should be encouraged to hydrate well and increase their fluid intake. Female patients should also be advised to wipe from front to back after urination to prevent the transfer of bacteria. In all patients, symptomatic relief may be achieved by using simple analgesia such as paracetamol or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. As we begin to discuss antibiotic treatment, it is always important to check local antibiotic prescribing guidelines. Generally, in male patients with a lower urinary tract infection, they are offered a 7-day course of 200mg of trimethoprim twice daily. In female patients with an uncomplicated UTI, treatment is usually a 3-day course of 200 milligrams of trimethoprim twice daily, or a three-day course of 50 milligrams of nitrofurantoin four times daily. 
in the case of a complicated UTI, whereby there is an anatomical or physiological abnormality, you may consider 10 days of therapy. Pregnant women should be treated with nitrofurantoin for 10 days, and as already mentioned, they should have a urine sample sent for culture. In patients with recurrent or relapsing urinary tract infections, you may consider a prophylactic dose of an antibiotic, for example, 100 mg of trimethoprim daily. As already mentioned, pyelonephritis is an example of an upper urinary tract infection involving the renal pelvis or parenchyma. A pyelonephritis may develop following a lower UTI, particularly in elderly female patients. They tend to present with a triad of symptoms. Fevers or rigors, loin pain, and costovertebral angle tenderness. They may be very systemically unwell, and may have some nausea and vomiting. If there are any features of sepsis, the patient should be referred to hospital immediately. The first-line investigation for patients with suspected pyelonephritis is an ultrasound scan. This may be followed by a CT to confirm the diagnosis. In addition, urinalysis may reveal hematuria, proteinuria, and the presence of nitrites in the urine. The body's inflammatory markers, such as the CRP or ESR, are also likely to be elevated. In the acute setting, patients with pyelonephritis should be managed using analgesia, antiemetics, and fluids. First-line therapy tends to involve a course of ciprofloxacin or coamoxiclav for seven days. In summary, urinary tract infections are an example of a common condition seen by a general practitioner in a primary care setting. Most UTIs are caused by the bacteria E. coli. Following presentation, patients should have a urine dipstick carried out and management should begin promptly with empiric antibiotic therapy. In some patients, particularly elderly female patients, a pyelonephritis, or infection of the renal pelvis and parenchyma, may develop following an initial lower UTI. These patients can often be very systemically unwell, and should be investigated with an ultrasound scan first line before commencing treatment. We hope you have enjoyed today's podcast episode on urinary tract infections in adult patients. If you haven't already done so, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on all the latest episodes. If you've been enjoying our series, we would really appreciate if you could leave us a review. Don't forget to check out our society on social media, where you can keep up to date on all the latest news and events. If you don't already know, over on our Instagram page, 
at QUBGP Society. We regularly run multiple choice questions on our Instagram stories. You might like to check these out to help you with your ongoing revision. We hope you will be able to join us again for our new episode next Monday. But until then, thank you and goodbye.